Pro production, she put on for a shot. Need a spot where we can kick it. Spot where we belong. That's just for us. In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree. Okay, you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Bremore Productions, the safe place for the Black Opinion podcast. And I have a special guest today. And I'm I'm gonna let her introduce herself because I just literally told her that her person her personality, her energy is at the right spot where it's so easy to like collab with you when it comes to podcasting. So, you know, like I was saying before, like most people are just like dry and I have to walk them through it, like calm them down. But y'all, she's awesome. Her voice is perfect for it. And I'm so, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my special guest. So special guest, you have the floor. Bree. Girl, thank you so much <laughs> for having me here. Um, my name is Alicia Garner, and I am the CEO and co-founder of Culture Elevation Incorporated. Yes. Um, just so, so dope. Y'all, I got to give shouts out to Brie because this studio is so dope. Thank you. And I want to say, you know, big props to Black women out here owning that space, doing the thing, and making waves. So, much respect to you for that. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Like I take compliments from us. Like I treat it like gold. Absolutely. Especially like mom to mom. You already know. We just had to keep the kids at the <laughs> podcasting room. They called us boring, y'all. Right? They were like, I'm I don't want to hear grown up conversations. Bored. I'm bored. They're like, really bored? And took my snacks and went outside. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that, that's a whole skit. That was a whole TikTok. We missed out on content. We did. We really did. It was so disrespectful. So I brought her on to um to to the podcast because we was having this conversation. Um, first, okay, let me just first. I met her via Instagram. Now, people always talk about how they meet people via Instagram, and I usually don't do that. To be honest with you, you're the first person ever that I met on Instagram and actually followed up with me. And then you actually came in my space. A lot of people just keep it on Instagram. So I respect that as well. You know, well, I appreciate it. You know, I, I saw what you were out here doing. It's totally in alignment with what culture stands for in terms of black excellence, doing something different, pushing the bar, you know. The only way that we're going to start to see change in our communities if we are that instrument of change. Yes. And so I want to align myself with people who think like that. So when I saw you, I saw that you were in Dallas. I was like, hold on. She's that close. Why are we together? <laughs> Why are we doing something and collaborating? So I thought that this is the perfect opportunity for us to, you know, unite and realize we don't have to have that crab in the barrel mentality. And um, if you win, I win, yes. the community wins, sis, let's get it together. Let's get that bag. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you being open to this collaboration and just having these conversations. And would you like um, to go deeper into what you offer in your services? Absolutely. So culture... Let me just back up because I'm all about stories, y'all. Y'all going to, you know, that's just who I am. So 
throughout my life, it's always been really important for me to have experiences. So probably about five or six years ago, I had the opportunity to move to the Virgin Islands. Mm. And so when I was living in the Virgin Islands, I worked for a company where everybody was black. The president was black. The um, marketing director was black. The head of HR was black. And you had a company where for the first time, I wasn't considered a minority. We were in powerful, powerful positions and we were making those decisions. And so when I had that opportunity, got that culture shock, it was kind of like, okay, what can I do so that I can continue this momentum in my own life? That was really one of those instances where I knew I wanted to do something a little bit different. So fast forward, I moved back to the United States. So landed here in Texas, knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know in what capacity I wanted to do that. And so um, started to talk with a friend and we had brainstormed a lot of different ideas on how we can make culture come to life. And, you know, for the I'm one of those planners. I'm one of those people where I need a point A to point B and every detail in between needs to be kind of worked out. And the counterpart I was working with was more of that creative side. So it was harder for her to put structure around different things. So as the company kind of grew, morphed, those types of things, we ended up going our separate ways. But I still have so much respect for her in terms of her ability and her creativity. But now culture is going on that platform and saying, we want to bridge that gap of history in the community. You know, our kids are not being told their stories. Mm -hmm. That type of thing is not something that's okay with me. I have gone through great lengths to curate a library for my daughter that she sees herself in books. And we've been doing that since she was little. So I get on there and I'm reading her different stories and they all have different voices and her characters come to life. And that really has sparked an interest in that love of reading and having pride in her blackness. And so that's what culture is all about. We want to inspire and instill a love of blackness in this generation, the next generation, and start having those conversations around what does it mean to be black? You know, we've always been put into this little box and expected to be a certain way. We can blow that up, y'all. We have to own our narrative. And so culture is here to help you own that narrative. I want to talk about stuff that's taboo. I want to talk about stuff that the average person would shy away from because those are the stories that need to be told. And that's we want to be that one-stop shop. Right now on our website, we have shirts available and we're a pre-order company. So every month you'll come in, you'll get a new design, and then we process those on a monthly basis. So that lets us be very agile and we can switch it up at, an, at a moment's notice. So we're just doing so many things, growing. There's so much more on the horizon, but ultimately we just want to be that conduit to help build legacy around the black experience and, you know, having that generational wealth within our family. I love that. And I have a question for you. When you moved to the Virgin Islands, the fact that you was in a situation where you was working with an all black staff, isn't it weird to call that a cultural shock? It is. It is because I'm from corporate America in the United States. And for so long, the only people you saw in positions of power were people who didn't look like you. So for the first time, you know, you're in an institution where you're not having to go and beg someone for an opportunity and afraid 
that you're going to be picked over because of the color of your skin or the texture of your hair or the texture of your hair. Mm -hmm. Like you can literally show up to work and be authentically you people there. They, they rocked bald heads. They rocked afros. We used to actually have cultural days where they would bring different people from the community and they would talk about the history of the island, the Taino Indians who were from there. And it was just such a rich experience. And they would, you know, bring your family along for the ride. So you would be able to bring your whole family in. They would buy, you know, food, catered food and everything so that everybody was in on that experience. So I really loved how it was a family driven mission and value centric company which you don't necessarily see when you come back to corporate America in the U.S. Yes. So is your goal is to create that corporate aspect, but black? Absolutely. I want to be able to say, you know, if you are a black creative and you want to rock red, orange, yellow, purple hair and you've got half of it shaved, that does not negate your creativity, your ability to show up to work your your pathway in terms of where you see yourself 15, 20 years from now. And I think that we have been so uh, caught up with the outer appearance of people and what our expectations of them are based on, you know, my, the beauty trends that we see on TV. Yeah. And so that needs to change because if you look at tribes in Africa, they are colorful. They are yeah. colorful. They are bold. They are unapologetic. And we are just now starting to claim that space. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, I love that we are having this conversation. And the, I, the conversation piece that I really wanted to, like, um, really cover was entrepreneurship. And we would get to that. But <laughs> your experience in the Virgin Islands really, um, it got me over here just like, ding, ding, ding. Like, that is so cool. I don't think I ever been... In a spec, oh Jamaica! I went to Jamaica, and for the first time e ever, I was in a space. I was at a hotel, well, a resort, and everybody was black. Girl, yes. And I'm like, I've never seen this before, like ever in my life. And I wanted to stay. Like that was the best vacation that I ever went to, like ever. So, fun fact: my entire family is Jamaican. OK, oh. both sides. So I'm first generation in the United States. And so you're the first generation, first generation, my mom and dad straight from straight from Yad, as they would say. Um, and so with that, you know, there's a lot of. A lot of responsibility that comes with holding that torch, you know, your parents come here and they make just amazing sacrifices because they want you to have a better life. So I remember growing up and thinking, I have to be successful. I have to push the bar. I have to show my dad that, you know, all the work that he has put in to us getting to where we are at was not in vain. Right. And I think it has a different level of importance when you have parents that aren't from this country, because you, I remember when I was probably four, that was the first time I went to Jamaica. And, you know, back then my grandmother still lived in a house with a zinc roof with no plumbing. Mm. Um, even up through high school, you know, that was still the case until my dad finally made some sacrifices within our family so that he could build onto that house so that she could be secure in her older age. And my grandmother lived to be 102 years old. That's amazing. So there's a lot to be said about just a simple life and 
eating natural foods and being a part of the land and being able to have that longevity that people like you and I are now, if we're making it to 70, we're lucky. And to be healthy is even more, you know, Taboo. a stretch. Yeah, it is. It's I, I think we treat it as if it's like the toughest thing to do and in actuality is what we should be doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm really into a lot of people will go to the doctor and they're they're running to the doctor all the time because they want to see what's wrong. I'm going to the doctor for you to tell me what's wrong so I can go look it up and figure it out myself. Right. To heal I, myself. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want all of those chemicals in my system because I come from holistic backgrounds. Like my dad used to tell me stories about how he would go out into the yard and they would know exactly what herbs to put on your face when you had mumps and they would tie it up around your head. And I'm like, I just thought that was in a movie. And he was like, no, that's that's the real deal. Like we used to treat ourselves with these herbs and tie our heads up with the the herbs so that the mumps would go down. That's the same way he got treated for measles. And now I'm looking at my dad and I'm like, he is so healthy. Like the average thing people are dealing with, my dad doesn't have issues like that. And I know that comes from him always having those bitters when he was in Jamaica and staying away from certain foods and all of those things that we take for granted today. And now it's so much GMO and Franken food that you don't even know what nutrients you're getting. So now we're all vitamin deficient. So that leads to another whole host of, you know, issues health wise. Girl, and that's a whole nother podcast episode. <laughs> I know, right, girl? I'll just, I'll just be going off on a tangent. That's a whole nother podcast episode because I had to change my whole life around. I think entrepreneurship actually helped me with that because I had to learn how to manage um, eating due to the budget. <laughs> mm, yes, I can totally see that. So um, I started like, you know, exploring like Dr. Sebi and looking at docu- documentaries and stuff like that. C-Miles, we've been on that. Um, Earths, we've been at, I'm a, like, I tell women all the time, please, Yanni Steen. Okay. I love that. Like, that's, that's like key. But anyways, back to the, because <laughs> we can go on and on about health. Y'all know, I, I have already had a podcast episode about health. Um, you can actually go listen to it. Um, I think it was last season, but go check it out. Okay, so while we were on the phone the other day and we was talking about our place in entrepreneurship and I was like, this 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 conversation needs to be recorded because we don't necessarily say these things out loud on social media. I think I feel like black entrepreneurs are in the ocean and we just trying to figure this shit out. Like, absolutely. And we make it look good on social media. Like you see the end result or you see a tidbit of the process, but you don't see how. And I got to the point, I got to the point on social media. If I ask a, a question, I need you to leave that comment underneath my comments. Do not inbox me the knowledge. I want everyone to see this knowledge because I feel like I know for a fact someone needs this same amount of knowledge that you're giving me. I do not like private DMs when it comes to knowledge. So when we was having the conversation, I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to record this. I need to put this as a podcast episode because I know I'm not the only one that need this game. And you was putting me on so much game. So number one, you told me um, starting a business, you need to make sure that um, 
you choose the right corporation, like either yes. LLC or S Corp or what's the other one? Nonprofit. So proprietorship, mm-hmm. all of that. So it's so, so important. I mean, we hear it all the time. Go out and get an LLC. Go yes, out and get do. an LLC. Yeah. Then what? Right. Everybody tells you to get an LLC, but then you don't know what to do with that. And I think, you know, me being a planner, me being a researcher, I was digging into what's going to hit me financially. What's that going to look like on taxes? You need to know how much money you're working with in your family life on a regular basis before you go and set up an entity. An LLC might actually hurt you. You might be ending up with double taxation and you didn't know you could do that. A lot of people don't realize that even with an LLC, you can still file taxes as an S-Corp. So the S-Corp is going to allow you a few different um, opportunities so that you're paying taxes a little bit differently. So this is going to be even more important if you're in a certain tax bracket. Right. Um, I knew for me, when we initially started Culture, I needed it to be a separate entity from myself. I didn't want it intertwined with my personal finances. So when I filed for, um, we actually are incorporated. So I did incorporation as an S-Corp. And for me, that made the most sense based on all of the factors that I just discussed and the simple fact that I wanted to have this two separate entities. So when I do my tax returns, I have Alicia, the individual, and then I have Culture Elevation, the business. Now, when you have an LLC, you're end up you're going to end up filing your taxes and it's kind of all in one. So there might be instances where you are getting double taxed and you don't necessarily know or understand how that works. So I always tell people, you know, it's more it's more advantageous for you to have a conversation with an expert or somebody a mentor or something and be honest about your situation. Does it make sense for you to have an LLC? Does it make sense for you to have an incorporation? What's the difference between the two as it relates to your personal financial situation? And you need to be having conversations with a tax attorney when you're setting that up. I think one big mistake we make as entrepreneurs is we're like, oh, we can just go get this, but you're not thinking about the long-term ramifications on how that's gonna work for you down the road. So one thing to keep in mind, is if you're not, um, if you don't have that set up properly, and let's say you get the LLC, but you really should have got incorporation, now you have to pay more money to undo all of that and go set up this new entity. Well, as an entrepreneur, every dollar counts. So you don't want to waste money that you don't necessarily have to spend. So I just tell people, if at all possible, you know, have those conversations. Just a lot of people are very open to this and you don't even think about it. Just call a local um, tax accountant office and just ask a couple of questions. Hey, I'm a new startup or I'm thinking about going this route. I was just wondering if there's anybody that I could talk to that could just give me some basic information. And you would be surprised how many people are open to having a conversation with you free of charge. But the problem is we are prideful and we don't ask. Yes. We don't ask. And I like that you use the key term startup. Yes. And that key term to me is very important because I think a lot of people, especially those that uh, consume our products or services, I'm not saying mm, accept anything and don't hold us accountable when we fall short, but you also got to have patience, especially with Black-owned businesses, because we don't receive the same funding as other businesses. So keep in mind that it's a startup. 
Yes. Literally. <laughs> Literally starting from the ground up. Yes. And I, I love the fact that you also brought up that, you know, speak to someone. If you have a question, if you're wondering, I know Google could only take you so far. Yeah. But even when you found, find um, and you do your research and you find things and you got questions on things that you found, reach out to someone. And you also mentioned during our phone call that you re- you reached out to SCORE. Yes. So um, SCORE is a mentorship program. Mm-hmm. It's completely free. Um, I don't know how many people know about it, but it's usually through your local chamber of commerce. They have branches all over the place. So I have been working with a SCORE mentor um, since the start of our business. I was asking them these exact same questions. So I've been lucky enough that I've got three mentors that I meet with on a regular basis. And we're talking about everything that has to do with the business. SEO, when the website, how do we optimize the website? We're talking about... um, you know, the budget that we're working for, working with. We're talking about, you know, when I'm going to suppliers and looking at the cost structure, how do we price things appropriately so that we can keep the lights on? So all of these questions and things that, you know, you being new to the business world might not truly understand or grasp, they can help you navigate that. And it's an amazing, amazing resource. Um, The other thing that they've also been helpful with is just getting you connected. Part of the challenge within entrepreneur, the entrepreneur space is finding other like-minded people who can give you these ins and outs and tips and tricks. So, you know, one one hard part about being an entrepreneur, especially in our community, is a lot of times we're a one-off. In my family, I don't have a bunch of entrepreneurs, so I can't go to like an aunt or uncle and say, hey, how did you set this up or what did you do? Thanks. You know, so now you're kind of, you're, you are the trendsetter. You are making these changes and trying to do things differently and you don't necessarily have a support system. And that's where we end up getting into a lot of trouble because we don't have that support system. It's the, it's the support system, the lack of support system and the lack of blueprint. Absolutely. We aren't given, you know, a trust fund that we can dip into and say, hey, here's $100,000 that you can use to front your business over the next five to 10 years. And if you don't make a profit, no big deal. I got you. No, you're literally working and doing this and doing a couple of other things to help pay for this. And so how can you do that smarter? I always tell people you want to do this as smart as possible. Um, There are so many black creatives within this space that are doing amazing work and they don't get the, the credit that they're due. So this is the opportunity for us to look at, you know, maybe somebody that's in marketing or somebody that's in web design, work out some type of arrangement with them. So I know I'm not big. We haven't, you know, hit that bubble yet. But if we work together, I will surely put you on. You put me on. I will always give you a shout out. Tell everybody how great your work is. And let's grow these businesses together. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's always like, oh, I can't, you know, give props to this person because they're doing better than me. No, sis, you need to learn from that. If they're doing better than you, let's team up. Show me how you did that so that we can come up together. Right. And I I highly suggest um, score as well. We talked about this as well because I was going to the classes on a consistent basis. Um, it's like literally walking distance from my office. So I learned so much about banking. 
<laughs> I learned so much about banking because no one ever told me this simple step of separating personal and banking. I mean, person. I'm sorry, we been we being distracted right now, but I'm just <laughs> kids. <laughs> personal and business accounts. Yes, that's very like for a minute. Two seconds, y'all. Just two more seconds. For a minute, we about to go on a break. I can edit all this out. For a minute, all the business, everything, expenses and profits and everything was going into my personal account. No one ever said, Brie, you need a business account. Like never until I went to one of those classes and they were like separate the two. Yeah. It's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's a mistake that a lot of businesses make, you know, how do you separate the finances? Because they call it commingling. Mm -hmm. So now you have your business expenses in with your personal finance. So then if you're ever audited, how do you, you know, differentiate between the two? But the other thing to keep in mind, too, and, you know, we can't be too hard on ourselves either because we didn't know because we didn't we don't necessarily know. And mm -hmm. a lot of us don't even know where to start in terms of finding that network of people who do know. So I think that that's why this platform is so important because now we're having these conversations. People are able to hear this information and, you know, we're getting the word out. It's 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 time. It's yes. time to start doing things differently. You know, mm -hmm. they're talking about the wealth gap between, you know, black Americans and the rest of the world. It's so large that we may never catch up. And to me, that is unacceptable. Like, I, I refuse. feel the same way. I refuse. I, I refuse. rebuke that. Every time I see, I'll be like, I rebuke you, devil. Yeah, I'm like, I rebuke it. <laughs> if we, as creative as we are, like, you can't. There's look, no way. You can't look around and not see black culture. They are using our lingo in commercials. Yes. They are using it on, you know, copy that they're putting out and they're trying to appease the audience. Everything that we do is commercialized by everybody except for us. Mm -hmm. We have got to stop being so giving. I'm not giving y'all nothing till you pay me. Listen, yeah, <laughs> we gonna be right back because I'm at the. We about to turn up. <laughs> we gonna we gonna give um a shout out to our sponsors and we'll be right back. It's only like a. If you're looking to elevate your energy, you need to check out U Collection. That's Y-O-U-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N. They provide hand-poured organic manifestation intention and chakra candles topped with healing herbs and crystals. They also offer self-care boxes and meditation supplies and more. And... If you are a business and you are looking to sell spiritual products, they also offer wholesale prices as well, just for you and your business. So make sure you go check out U Collection. That's Y-O-U-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-O-N-L-L-C.com. U Collection, L-L-C.com. They're waiting for you and make sure you tell them Brie Moore sent you and go check your energy, elevate your energy. Peace. Okay, you guys, we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Bring More Productions, the safe place for the Black Opinion podcast. 
I want you guys to be very, very, very mindful of our sponsors. Please keep in mind that, you know, we are sponsored by small black owned businesses. So when you listen to listen to the ads, which I don't consider them as ads, but I just have to be political <laughs> correct. Um, click on the, the link. And get to know these businesses because they are out here. They are growing. They need your support. Even if you um, just comment on their their products or just like like their products or just follow them on social media, that is support. You don't necessarily always have to monetarily support them, but you can support in many other ways. So please pay attention to our sponsors because again, they are small black owned businesses. Boom. Okay, so we are back and I got a special guest, Alyssa. Alicia. 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 Yes. Sorry. <laughs> you good. <laughs> and before we left for the break, uh, we was about we was about to turn up. And I love the fact that she brought up the 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 point that they are using our culture to will us in. And I know so many Black-owned businesses that are afraid to let people know that they're Black-owned. That's number one. And number two, it's a lot of Black-owned businesses that refuse to use Black faces to sell their products. Man. And and that's so ridiculous. Thank you. I'm it, not the it, only it one. It hurts my heart to see, you know, that we're doing that. Right. Like I when you look at culture's website, you will see nothing but blackness. Literally, I have her over it. Her um, promo card right in front of me is nothing but black faces all over her promo card. I feel like if you're going to be out here promoting black culture, you need to do it authentically. And there's nothing worse than, you know, having a business. You say you're black owned and being afraid to display that. I mean, it's really important for a culture like we are we are the type of people we like to work with other black owned businesses. So our supplier that we use to print all of our shirts, black owned husband and wife business, our marketing department, uh, my girl, she is so dope. When you look at our site, it looks like it came from a Fortune 500 company. That's how talented we are out here. Black owned everything. We team up with anybody that's trying to do something so that we, if you're, if you're working with culture, you're supporting a whole line of black businesses. That is really what we are about. We want to team up with you. We want to work with you. We want to talk about how we can create a partnership because that is how we are going to win. We have to come together. What is your response when people say, why is everything about race? You know, that question hasn't really come up as much only because of the climate we're in. So I think more people are understanding why to where they don't need to ask that question. And the other thing that is really interesting is, you know, there's such a push on, you know, these big companies wanting to get behind black entrepreneurship, um, just small black owned business showing that they're they're an ally. Right. So now is the time if you're going to be that ally. Put your money where your mouth is mm -hmm. and come through because we need that support. We need that mentorship. We need those resources that larger companies have that we have always been shut out of up until now. Right. Exactly. And I, I, I definitely love the fact that you are also collaborating with other black owned businesses. And that's another thing that I want to talk talk to you about, because I feel like 
we minimize ourselves by not supporting and collaborating with each other. Oh, girl, that's like. And it's like the unfortunately. I feel like the mindset is I'm not going to get the same quality that I'm looking for with this collaboration if I just go over here to the white owned co- um, companies. I, and I think it's that. And, you know, we are so hard on each other yes. versus how we would treat, you know, a non black owned business. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've seen it where you've had to wait an extra two or three weeks for an item. Granted, I know you want your stuff quickly, but we're not Amazon. We are out here and we are working full-time jobs and we are coming home and we are hitting the ground running and doing these orders at night in the kitchen, you know, on the weekends, those types of things to try to make sure that we are are meeting our customers where they're at. And so I think unless you're an entrepreneur or you just have a, a certain level of patience you don't always think about it from that perspective because we are in that age of gratification now. I think Amazon has really set the precedence to where you're wanting what you ordered in your in-basket to come either today or tomorrow. And if it comes the day after that, you're calling and you're wondering why it's not here yet. And so we're not at that level, especially especially when it comes to logistics. We do not have our own logistical channels in which to submit, you know, our products, our wares, our goods, we're always kind of on the receiving end, working with other people and partnering with them. So our timeline is definitely impacted by theirs. And we don't have the collective bargaining power to negotiate rates so that we can get those discounts that you see those bigger suppliers are able to secure. Right. And I believe that we do our best like absolutely I know all the legitimate businesses that I am affiliated with do their absolute best um the only thing that I can probably say like with me personally I also have another business called Newfangle Earrings and I too have to set the dates I need time I need at least 7 to 14 days mm-hmm. because I am I am actually handcrafting these earrings yes. and then you got to think about shipment and you got to think about it's a lot that goes into that and I do have customers that reach out to me thinking that these earrings are just laying on the table and being packaged and then shipped to them and it's not the case I actually handcraft these earrings and it's stated on the website yeah and you know what <laughs> that is so funny that you bring that up because you know with us being a pre-order company I'll get the question of I ordered something about a month ago and I still haven't seen it. So I'm like, we appreciate your business so much. And so let me reiterate, we're a pre-order company. So if we drop brand new designs at the beginning of the month and that's when you place your order, it's going to take a little bit longer for you to receive it because we're not going to be processing those until around the 26th of the month. Mm. So I try to make sure that I'm having those conversations with people and then in between. So you know, once I drop our designs the first part of the month, probably around, you know, the 15th, 16th, I'll send out an email reminder. Hey, guys, just want to let you know we haven't forgotten about you. Remember, we're a pre-order campaign. You'll get your items probably, you know, five to 14 days after the 26th closes because now you got to take into consideration, I have your order, but now I have to go get it processed. Right. So now I'm ordering all the shirts. I'm, you know working with our suppliers to make sure that everything is done properly because quality is a a big thing to me. So when I was going through this process of picking out the material for everything, 
I bought samples and I'm trying it on. I want to see how it lays on me. What's the cut look like? How does it fit? Because I've gotten T-shirts from some companies where you literally feel like you're wearing a, a plastic, a paper bag. Mm -hmm. And that to me is not representative of what culture stands for. So all of those things and, you know, attention to details, it takes time. It does. It has like for real. And I wanted to talk about customer service. Yes. Because when it comes to black owned businesses, that's the number one thing that you hear consumers complain about is our customer service. And I like the fact that you just pretty much gave an example of how you follow up with your customers. Yes. So we could talk about the, the, the good and bad of customer service and what black owners, black owned business owners need to apply. So for me, I would say the biggest thing is communication. Yes. I think if you will come out of the gate and you're sending them those automated emails that says, you know, thank you for your business. Please expect this order to ship, you know, five to 14 days after the close of the sale. Um, if you have any questions, here's how you can reach me. I think, you know, two big red flags for people to think that they're getting scammed is if there's no way to reach you. And if you're not in communication during the time when they're waiting. Mm -hmm. So if you can mitigate some of that and you're reaching out and you're being proactive and you're saying, hey, customer, I appreciate you. Please be patient with us. We're, you know, small. We're working as fast as we can. People will wait. Yes. You know, you'll find people to say, OK, I get it. You know, this is not a major corporation I'm dealing with. And then that gives you the opportunity to have that, you know, certain touch to what you're doing. When I'm sending something to you, our packages are printed with our logo. We're sending you thank you cards. We're asking you to, you know, tag us on social media so that we can feature you because we want people to see that what you're getting, you're enjoying and that you're enjoying the ex experience with culture. So, you know, all of those things really play into the customer service experience and how you approach them. I mean, if you're coming in and you're automatically off the cuff, like, hey, I want to sell you blah, 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 blah. And it's like really harsh or overbearing. You're going to scare people away. So my approach is usually pretty subtle. Hey, just check us out. I just appreciate anybody who goes to our website and takes a look because that's half of the battle for people to even start to understand that you're out there, know that your business is open and want to interact with you. And I, I also would like to say, <laughs> I just mentioned that it's on the website. However, you do have to repeat yourself and it's okay to repeat yourself. Absolutely. I feel like when it comes to our businesses, we kind of lack the the space and the patience to give our business the same respect and patience that we gave to other people when we was working for others. I tell entrepreneurs this all the time. The same type of energy that you was giving while you was on that job, you need to give the same type of energy to your business. It was unacceptable, unacceptable, uh, unacceptable for you to have bad customer service at your job, right? Mm -hmm. You would get fired if you yell at a customer. What's the number one thing that we always hear? The customer is always right. So apply that method to your business. Yeah. Don't forget about that. That is important. And we get in the mindset, like I think a lot of us are like, like you said, so prideful. And we're like, yeah, I'm working for myself. I'm a big boss. 
you kind of working for your customers, bro. <laughs> you might need to calm down. You just know what I'm bit. saying? Like you might need to just calm down a little bit and just try your best to meet your customers where they at. And you're not gonna make everybody happy, but still. Yeah, and I and I think you know we are we're in a different age. I don't remember there being as many entrepreneurs when I was younger in terms of the black community as I see now. So I think more people are on the other side of the fence. So you're starting to see that shift where people are a little bit more open to do business and, you know, interact with people. But I also think you have to show up properly. You know, how are you presenting yourself? Because you are the face of your brand. Yeah. So if you're coming out here and you're talking crazy and people are like, okay, right, what, what's going on here? They're not going to shop with you. But if you can, you know, articulate your point and, and get across a message that is relatable, you're going to find or capture the hearts and minds of that audience so that you can find your next customer. How do you feel about business owners posting bad experiences with their customers on social media? I think that is very tasteless. Yeah. Um, if anything, what you want to do, especially if you have one of those websites that allows you, you know, five star ratings and let's say you had a bad comment, that would be the opportunity for you to highlight in a very professional way. Hey, so-and-so, I'm so sorry you had this experience. Um, please reach out to me. Here's my direct information. I would like to talk to you so that we can mitigate this. This is not what we would this is not what we condone in our business and and handle it with grace. Like there's something to be said about handling a situation with a level of confidence and suave that will set you apart in the business world. I mean, working in, you know, a corporate job, you can't just fly off the cuff and just say whatever you want to say, even if you are right. Right. You know, it might be an instance where maybe you did all the communication and you you tried everything you could to be fair and it just didn't make that person happy. But when you're you're out there and other businesses or other business people are seeing your work, you don't want to be the aggressor. You want to be the person that's trying to diffuse the situation um, and put a smile where there might be a frown otherwise. And I totally agree with that. I tell people that all the time, like, listen, it is OK. This is what happens in business. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. you're not going to make everyone happy. I, I believe the solution to a situation like that is kindness. I just recently had someone to steal a camera from my studio. Oh, and it took me like two weeks to address it on social media. And the only reason why I addressed it on social media is because I had one of my um, clients that's always here working in the studio. She, she asked me like, why do I have to rent out the equipment? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot to send out the email. I forgot to post it on social media. What happened? Due to the camera being stolen, unfortunately, we have to now put a new set of rules into place to protect our equipment. Now you have to rent it out. It's not mad expensive, but just to protect ourselves and to make sure that we still have equipment. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a business. It's a business. It's not personal. Now you have to rent the equipment. 
And I was telling people, I'm not going to go back and forth about it. I'm not going to, I don't have no bad energy about it. Like I'm cool about it because I feel like this is what happens in business. Like you you put enough money to the side business purposes for reasons like this, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for lost and stolen items or, you know, it, it just happens. And it's so, you know, it's I'm glad that you took that approach because a lot of times in business where we falter is we let our emotions dictate our decisions. So whether it's a weakness or a strength, one thing that, you know, I've always been told is that I'm very logic driven. Everything I do right, wrong or indifferent is void of emotion. If I make a decision, I have looked at all the pros and cons and missteps that could potentially happen in my plan A, B, C, and D as backups to mitigate that problem. But everything is based on non-emotional decisions. And I think, you know, that's hard for a lot of people because now everything is personal. Yeah, It's a personal attack on you. It's a personal attack on, you know, you doing something. Whereas that's not the case. You have to take that emotion out and say, look, this is business. So business wise, what makes sense? So yeah, customer service is very important. Y'all make sure y'all keep that in mind. Do not allow emotions to take over your business. Just keep it business. Just keep it simple. Keep it sweet. Um, one of the last things um, that my uncle told me before he passed away, it was actually the very last conversation I had with him. And we was talking about his business and what happened and how the family was like, I'll twist it and stuff like that due to a business decision that he had to make. And he was like, Bree, when it comes to business, there's no emotions, none. And, and I would agree with him. I and I, agree. and it took me a very long time. And it, when he said that I applied it when he passed away, I really applied it. But then I was just like, it makes sense. Like, it's just, honestly, it makes me sleep at night, not taking everything so personal. Yeah. And you're going to have to make tough decisions that aren't popular. You know, um, like I was mentioning before, I initially started with a, a business partner and she was way more emotional driven and I was more logic driven. So we would look at things and situations very differently. And I think that was a huge learning experience for me because, you know, she her stance was this is a partnership. You should you know, not just be all about business. But I'm like, I can't not be that way. Because money is involved. You know, you're talking about money I'm taking away from my home and investing in the business. So I don't have time to waste. Like, I got to keep this thing moving and keep doing things. And, you know, you also got to look at from the tax perspective. If you're in a situation, how are you making sure that you're legit? The worst thing you can possibly do is potentially be in issues with the IRS. I do not have them type of nerves. You hear I me? I would never. Those I would the people never. I do not want no smoke do, weed. Don't call me. I don't know you. I don't want no parts of that. So, you know, I, I think that business is so much more than I just have a product. You have to have the infrastructure on the back end to be legit, to be recognized, to do things properly so that you're not you know, having to look over your shoulder every day. And I know that for a long time, especially in the black community, you always had those people who were entrepreneurs in your neighborhood and they were the ones selling shirts or CDs or, you know, perfumes and different things. But now we have to take it to another level. 
because that's not a sustainable business model. We have to start legitimizing our business so that we can protect it. We can trade market. We can get paid for our talents. And so you really have to start looking at how you're moving differently. Um, recently, I was looking into, well, actually, I'm in the process of trademarking. You know, that's a huge expense. So you have to be serious about trademarking your business, your name, your logo, all of that, so that when people really start to see you blow up, they're not just putting it on anything that they want and taking credit for your work. Right. And we don't do that. Like, we don't think about that. Right. It's, oh, I've got this business. I've got this brand. My logo is hot. I'm about to go out here and I'm about to do this, this and that. And it's deeper than that. What are you doing to protect it? Yeah. What are you doing to, to expand it? Yes. Because if it is a great idea, I guarantee you somebody's going to want to copy it. Yeah. How are you going to protect yourself from that? How are you going to distinguish yourself from the next person? And on top of that, prove that you did it first. Mm. If you don't have the paper trail to, tr to prove it. Right. You need to have that paper trail intact to where you could say, nope, on January 6th of 2020, we established this entity. We have done this, this and this. Here are all of our meeting minutes to show that this is what we were talking about way back then. And that was before you. Don't come to me with, no, you thought of this. No, I got the proof. I got the receipts. So, you know, that is a huge learning piece that we in our community have to get. We got to get organized. It's no longer just doing things willy nilly and saying, oh, I got this or, you know, I've got this great idea. Let me go push this out real quick. Don't push it out until you can protect it. Because then you're in a position where you can demand a certain price for your genius. Yep. And I'm so happy you said that because so many people have dealt with that, especially in the fashion industry. Absolutely. And, you know, I know y'all love Fashion Nova, but Fashion Nova, they some big thieves, big, big thieves. They steal a lot of concepts and ideas from black designers. And that's the reason why I don't support them. What's the point of <laughs> supporting the copycat when you can go to the masterpiece? Like, what's Absolutely. the point? And it's us that's creating these type of garments that they're selling for you at a cheaper rate. And I get it. But at the same time, no. Get the authentic piece from the black designer that created it. And, you know, and, and to take that a step further, I had a, a hairdresser at one time and she was an older sister. And she and I would have like I've always been drawn to people older than me. Like I love that old spirit, that old vibe, them old stories and wisdom. And she was like. I'm not buying Gucci and Prada. Are they going to come and sit down at my table and have dinner with me? No. And I said, you so right. They're not going to do that. She was like, if my light bill isn't paid, are they going to have pity on me and send set up a GoFundMe to help me? I don't think so. And I was like, yo, that's so true. But yet we will kill ourselves to go and support these businesses that are not thinking about us when we've got our cousins and aunts and uncles who are equally as talented, if not more, who can do something completely original for us, but we would rather go pay somebody else. And I think we have to change that mentality. And I think because I've been in the fashion industry for about seven years now, and I've seen the luxury items and the local items. And I feel more exclusive when I'm in local because yes. you can't wear what I'm wearing. You can't find what I'm wearing in Macy's, Dillard's, exactly. Ross. 
it's going to take some time for them to process that. It's going to take them some time to get to that stage. I love me too. This stage that black designers are in right now. I love that you're not accessible, yes. but accessible at the same time. Yes. To me, that is exclusive as fuck. Like you can't, you can't get my drip real quick, but however you can get Gucci. Y'all can wear the same bag, the same. I'm going to tell you something. I just recently, my brother just recently gifted me a two-tone Louis bag. Out of all the bags that I ever had from Black-owned designers, this Louis bag, have I have seen this Louis bag everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. But when I'm rocking my Black-owned designer, which I rock a lot, if you follow me on Instagram, I shout out Black-owned businesses consistently. That's all I wear. Everything. And I'm like... Wow, like I feel more exclusive over here than over here. Yeah, because people are like, "Yo, where'd you get that?" Exactly. Where'd you get that? And I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm all about that. I, you know, I have my own style where I'll take a t-shirt and I'll cut it up, and I rock it a certain way, and that's my look. You know, I really pride myself on if you go right, I go left, mm-hmm. and that really ties into the fact that you have to come to a certain point in your life where you know who the hell you are and you own it. And it took me a while to get there because, you know, growing up, it was always that idea of I got to fit in. I want to be a part of the group. Why, right. why, why am I always the, the last one out? Or why do I always feel like the oddball? Like I never fit in anywhere. And then when I met my husband, so my husband and I have been together for 20 years and married for si- almost 16. Oh, wow. And Congrats. Thank you. And so when we met, it was like two worlds colliding of two oddballs, right? So he is, we're both just different. And I think because we both understood what that felt like growing up and being alone and being by ourselves, we are very much introverts. You would never tell based on this interview, but <laughs> I'm one of those people. I, you know, when we we get our house to get, we got our house together and people are like, oh, you going to have a home, a housewarming? I'm like, no, no. I don't like people in my space like that. <laughs> I'm like, where can I meet you? And we'll hang we'll out. We'll celebrate. And then, and then I'll, yes, and, and I then go I'm home. going home. So <laughs> it's just, you get to a point where you're really comfortable in your own skin. And I want my daughter to have that at an earlier age. Yeah. You know, because for so long, because I felt so out of place or like the oddball, it was hard for me to find my place or feel like I was a part of anything. So, you know, when my my daughter now, I encourage her to be that that different kid. And if you don't fit in, that's okay. Like, I'm glad you don't fit in. So now you're going to go create something that everybody wants to be a part of because you're the leader. And I and I'm trying to instill that in her in a very, very young age. Another thing we're wanting to do with culture. She's an artist. I love art. I love everything about it. She's already started selling her art. So we're going to have some exclusive pieces out there. One of a kind creations by my daughter. And that's going to be something she can look back and be like, wow, my mom created this platform that I can actually showcase my talent and I've already got my brand established. So those are the things that I'm thinking about long term for my child that I want other people to start thinking about so that we can change that narrative around the black community won't be able to catch up within a certain amount of time because we're so 
economically disadvantaged. I don't, I, I, I'm not playing into that. How do we change that? Right. How quickly can we change that? And it's going to take, you know, these conversations, podcasts like yours, businesses like mine, that we have like-minded individuals coming together and actually supporting each other. You know, that is huge. We have to support each other. And when we say support, let's go into that because there's different aspects of supporting. Yes, totally. So like you said before, support could be follow my Instagram. Support could be, you know, you know, somebody that is eclectic like me and they have my style. Hey, check this website. It's a website out is right up your alley. Things like that. Even if you don't buy, that's helping to get the word out. Right. You know, um, realizing that there might be content that's on our channel that really resonates with you. Share it. Share it with somebody who might not have thought about that because a lot of businesses are getting the traction that they are because they're going viral. Yeah. Well, you can't go viral. I am so excited to tell you guys about It's a Shoe Thing. And It's a Shoe Thing is one of my favorite Black-owned businesses that I follow and support, not only on Facebook, but also on Instagram. So listen to me clearly when I say this, because I want you guys to go follow this business as well. You can find them at shop shoe thing and shop shoe thing is pretty much the ultimate shoe palace with affordable prices and not only have she ventured into shoes but she's also venturing into crochet and if you follow me on instagram facebook my personal page which is at the Bree Moore, i'm taking a social media break but hey the huge yellow beautiful crochet robe that I rocked gracefully is from it's a shoe thing so keep in mind that it's a shoe thing not only provides shoes but also crochet fashionable pieces I need you guys to shop 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 not only follow and support and you you know you can support in many other ways but i need you guys to shop and really embrace this woman's fashionable ways she's very creative she's really dope shout out to ashlyn siobhan she is the owner of it's a shoe thing and you can shop at shopshoething.com again it's shop shoe thing dot com and what I've noticed on her website is she also have afterpay available yeah if you in it you know anything if you anything like me you know anything about afterpay you know that's a lick so go support another black owned business that's operated by a black woman it's a shoe thing shout out to Ashlyn alright Tell her Bree Moore sent you. Peace. To bring this information to you. So, you know, I, I definitely tell people like, share. If you are a business owner, that doesn't mean you can't highlight another business. Hallelujah. 
That does not mean you can't. That highlight. does not mean, especially if we doing the same thing. We can do the same thing, and now we can drop a dual version of, of said thing. And I am literally doing that right now. I have an earring line, and I'm collaborating with another earring line, and we about to drop our collection in July. And now you have two sets of audiences. You have the audience that you're normally working with. You have the audience that they're normally working with. So now you have cross communication. So now these people are like, oh, this is dope. Let me send this to a few people outside of this inner circle. And now that's how you could potentially be viral. So yes. that's what we need to start doing. Yes. You know, I, you see some of these um, people putting out content and classes and different things on the internet. And you are like so intrigued by it. you're like, oh, how did they achieve this or how did they do that? And you go to the class and you're like, I could have did that, you know, and you're thinking to yourself, that was a missed opportunity. But what is different from them and you is they're hyping themselves up. They believe in that. They're telling everybody I am the person to go to about business credit. I am the person to go to if you need help doing X, Y and Z. And we're too humble. We have got to stop being humble. Yep, I did that. I'm the bomb. Recognize that I'm the bomb and do it in a way that people can relate to it. You don't want to come off arrogant, but you also want to, you know, own your space and say, you know, I unapologetically did that and I'm proud of it. And you should be proud that I was able to do that because now I'm opening the doors for you. Right. I don't understand why that that mindset is not. Hmm it's not prominent in our community. That's, that's baffling to me. Girl, you know, it's, it's twofold. I mean, if you look at our history, we have been taught to act that way. That was a learned behavior because if you go back to our roots and see the collective um, way that things were done, typically we were a people that focused on family if it was think about when when you had your grandparents and there would be a neighbor down the street. And if she told your grandmother that you got in trouble, then she could whoop you and the grandma could whoop you. And now everybody is involved with your you know success. Mm -hmm. Now it is so siloed. The only people that are really invested in you are your immediate family. Yep. It's not a full community that says, oh, wow, you know, Bree is doing really good in school. We want to make sure she gets to college. So let's do a, a GoFundMe and support her. It's, it's very, you're on your own. Right. You know, go do it. Mm -hmm. Go figure it out. Mm -hmm. Versus, you know, this is one of ours. So we take care of ours. Mm -hmm. And so I think over time, we have been groomed to think that way. Because that's not innately who we are. You know, I look at other cultures, um, my family being West Indian, my father's generation, they are very much about family. Like my, I look at my dad as almost the godfather of the family. Like if anybody's doing something they're not supposed to do, they're calling him and having him talk to that person or reason with that person or whatever the case might be. That's not what's happening today. Yeah. And you're finding that it, it's just very, very different. Yeah. And, you know, the respect for elders that used to be there isn't as strong as it used to be. It's almost like we're not listening to that guidance and that wisdom because they don't know what they're talking about. Or that was, you know, 15, 20 years. So, you know, what are you saying versus saying, OK, let me take this wisdom. Let me build upon it and let me take it one step further for the next generation. And I feel like the elders, 
nowadays, they want to be young. And it's like, it's okay to grow in old age. I feel like that's a blessing because not everyone can say they 52. Not everyone can say they 65. Not everybody can say they seen 72 summers. Yeah. You can say that. So like embrace that. It's okay. I think it's a, I think on both spectrums, like the young and the old, I think we all fucking up. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a it, it's not just one particular area. It's, it's not. not. I think it's all of us. Like I even look at these older women on social media mm-hmm. and I'm like I can't even like follow you because you doing what my the the kids that's younger than me doing. You posing and you doing this instead of just giving us wisdom, giving us light, giving us peace, giving us hope. You you giving us mess. But you also got to think about what's glorified. Right. So, you know, you look at TV and what's getting more ratings. It's the ratchet foolishness that is not, you know, impacting the community in the right way. But the stuff where it's positive and somebody's actually giving you knowledge, those are lower on the totem pole. And so that's that's the first problem. We are completely bombarded with foolishness yes constantly and so even now as a mom like I'm always trying to monitor what my child looks at and I'm like you don't need to watch that ignorant stuff turn it off go watch this I'm getting to the point where I as much as I love hip-hop and I listen to it I do not want my son to listen to certain artists because I I pre-listen to all the albums that come. I, I'm a music kid. I love music. Mm-hmm. So it's just certain things that they're saying nowadays and how they're carrying themselves. You would think that these men were in at war at, in Afghanistan somewhere. Yeah, it's just super shooting this ops this. And I'm I tell my mom I'm getting to the point where you know what? Don't worry about it. A Johnny will not be listening to that. Like period. Yeah, because if you look at another black man as your op, that's like problematic to me, bro. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting you say that because I literally only listen to Afro beats when my daughter's in the car. I listen to every Afro beat that I can find, and she's in the back singing them. And you know, I work out in the morning to Afro beats because it's music with that kind of reggae or you know, African undertone, that's our, that's, that's what gets me going. That fires me up. That's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this or, you know, things like that. So I, I tend to listen to a lot of reggae and, and Afro beats and things like that. And my daughter loves it. So, you know, to your point, she probably doesn't know. She'll, I know she was listening to something the other day and her dad was like, do you let her listen to this? I was like, I was in a meeting. I didn't know she was listening <laughs> to that. And he was like, I told her to turn that off. You need to take Alexa back from her and and um, cut her off. And so I ended up having to put Alexa on children's settings. So she can't get to, you know, some of these other songs. Because I'm like, one day she said something to me. And I was like, what did you say? And she's like, well, I heard it in a song. I said, what song is that? I said, we don't allow you to listen to that. And I said, number one, you do not say words that you don't understand. If there's a word that you hear that you do not understand, you come ask me what the meaning is before you ever fix yourself to say that to anybody. Right. And so we had to have that conversation. It's like, you know, now we're raising children at such an astonishing rate. Mm -hmm. We're having to have conversations, you know. About stuff that you 
talk about when they're preteens exactly or teenagers yeah exactly and you know it, you're constantly trying not to get them exposed to certain things so we haven't had cable for years oh, we, yeah, we use, don't have tv we we got rid of cable so we usually focus on like netflix and hulu and things like that and i have them you know pa password protected and things like that but you know as parents it's it's not just the everyday stuff you're worrying about. You're also constantly worried about what are they hearing? What are they seeing? What's what's impacting their psyche or how are they viewing themselves? You know, the it, it's really interesting that even in this day and time, um, we still have kids that will pick up dolls that are not black and think that that's the, the idea of beauty. Right. You know, so I made it a point in our house where my child could not have anything that didn't look like her. Like that was a rule. Like when we go to the store, if it doesn't look like you, you can't have it. And for a long time, people were like, well, why do you do that? Like, isn't that that kind of too far to the left? I said, no. I said, if you do the research, children that see images of themselves, they value themselves more. I'm not uh -huh. saying that I'll never, ever let her do that as she gets older. But now when she's so, so small and she looks at the definition of beauty, I want her to see blackness in every form. So our whole house looks like a mini art gallery. We've got black art everywhere in her room, the family room, living room, our room. And so when she when you walk in our house, you feel like you went to Egypt. You went to, you know, um, a civil rights rally. You went, you know, to the pyramids. You are all of those things. And so I wanted to surround her with that so that she has a firm grasp of black is beautiful. You know, we read books. Black is beautiful. Um, and we'll be talking about that when we're doing our channel for the kids where we're talking about history and African folktales. I remember reading her stories about Anansi. She loves all those Anansi stories. I don't know a lot of kids that know about Anansi. And that's unfortunate. So I want to bring those stories to kids so that they start to see blackness a little bit differently. And that's important. That is very important. That's the reason why we even named him Ajani. I love it. Because it's a meaning behind it. He who survived the struggle. Yes. So I totally agree with that. Like you see, you see how we living up here. Like it's art <laughs> everywhere. Ajani is exposed to entrepreneurship. Now he's saying he want his own business. Yeah. He wanted. He. I asked him, "What do you want for your sixth birthday?" He said, "I want my own business. I, I want your it. business." And I'm like, "Well, my business is not for sale." <laughs> But we can definitely get you your own business. Because we can collaborate. And I wasn't exposed to entrepreneurship until I was forced mm -hmm. out of a job. And I'm like, well, I can do this on my own. But for him to be exposed to it, actually want it and embrace it at six years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's so powerful. You know, your kids, they literally will live up to what they see. So that's right. And I'm glad. I'm so happy that you brought up the, the term glorify because everybody think that what is glorified glorified is correct right it's the right way and it's not no not everything that's glorified that's presented to us is correct exactly and you know it's okay to i believe everybody has the right to live their their authentic truth but that doesn't mean i have to agree with it right that doesn't mean i have to expose my child to it mm -hmm. and so i think you know in respectfully 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 right. so you know i might not agree with what you're doing but i i'm like yo you're doing you props to you props to you um but there's certain things that i have expectations around in my house 
I have expectations around how my daughter behaves, how she presents herself. You know, I'm really big on, you know, when you talk to somebody, you need to talk as if you own your space. Like, don't put your head down. You you look at them in the face. Mm-hmm. You be honest. Mm-hmm. If there is a consequence, take that consequence because you made the wrong choice. You know, and those are things that those lessons will help to shape how she does things in the future. And that's really important to me. And I, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> like this entire conversation is the safe place for the black opinion. This is what I've been talking about for the past four seasons. Absolutely. Legit. And it's certain things that a Johnny father and I, that we, we stand on and we do not budge when it comes to principles and structure, when it comes to raising our child, even ourselves, how we treat each other as co-parents. Yeah. It's like bizarre and it's rare in our community. I do not hate my baby daddy. Right. And it's okay. Right. And he doesn't hate me. And we still love and respect for each other. Like we just didn't work out, but we got this baby now. Mm-hmm. And now that we have this baby, he's number one. And we need to come together as a family re- unit. I'm sorry, unit because period we family. It doesn't matter. Like, that's how we look at things right. and things that really bother him. And he stand. I don't budge. I don't I get out the way. Absolutely. You I mean, and it's so good that you do that, because as a man, there's certain things that he can teach his son that you can. Exactly. You know, and it's it's really sad when I see certain situations where, you know, one parent will play the other parent against each other and, and they don't work together. It's like. You're hurting that child in the long run because they're seeing a toxic relationship. They're not seeing how to be a decent human being, you know, and that that's going to shape their relationships. You know, the type of person that they end up, they always say that girls end up with men very much like their father. And it's interesting because, you know, my dad, he's not he's like the strong silent type. He's not going to tell you he's super proud of you or nothing like that, but you know, because he's told everybody else that he's so happy and (laughs) proud of you. And so people say, yeah, you know, your dad, he's always uh, bragging about you. And I'm like, when? When? (laughs) He never told me. He don't say nothing to me. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so funny because I'm, I'm always been told I am my, my dad's daughter. Like if he, if he answers a question, and I answer a question, it's going to be similar in terms of our responses and how we look at things. And it used to drive my mom nuts. She's like, well, you two just go live on your own island because I I just can't with you two. <laughs> but um, it, it's just it just shows like what you're exposed to really shapes you. So I'm trying to make sure that everything that I'm exposing my child to is going to shape her in the right direction. So being an entrepreneur, being of integrity you know, being one of those people where she doesn't look at her sisters. I had a, a I had a um, meme on our Instagram where it says, my sisters are my tribe, not my competition. Amen. Right. And that's the mentality that I want Kira to have. Like, I want her to look at my sister is my tribe, not my competition. So if we win, we win together because collectively now we have bargaining power. You know, if I have five people that want the same thing, now I can go to this supplier and say, we need you to lower this price. Mm. We've got a bulk order coming. So if you don't want to play, but don't want to play ball, I can go over to this person over here and they're going to give me that price that I need. But we can't do that without the numbers. 
you know, if you're out there as a lone wolf, you don't have that bargaining right. Right. That's the reason why the white feminists brought on the, the, the black women for the power to vote in America. But that's another story. <laughs> um, how do you feel about the PPP loans? So because of the time when I um, incorporated culture, we didn't qualify for them. But my problem with the whole situation is I don't think it's been clear how to go about doing it the right way. And again, going back to mentorship, like if you're out here and you're just getting these loans and you're making up these fake entities and you don't have your paper trail, then it's going to cause problems. And I think people are getting too comfortable with, oh, they're too busy. They're not going to have time to come back and look. Or they're not gonna, you know, and, and <laughs> I, like I said before, the IRS is not my friend. I'm not trying to be in bed with and, them. I'm not trying to do and none they of that. They are really gang gang. Y'all think y'all gang gang. They gang gang. <laughs> y'all think y'all gangster. They gangsta. <laughs> Listen. Because they can, they can take your money and put your ass in jail. You broke and disgusted in one swipe. Listen, your whole, your whole future gone. Gone. Right. So for me, I just I played it safe. I didn't try to get any of those loans. I've just been kind of managing culture, you know, internally and working on building our brand, working on building our following organically, because the other thing for me is I'm also patient. I know that we're sitting on a gold mine. I know that what I'm doing is needed in the community. And once people see what it's about, it'll it'll grow. You know, I'm just I'm not out here trying to do this, get rich quick scheme and you know all that stuff so I think everybody's different in their level of knowledge around what's available and how to go about getting funding I think the other issue is in the black community we just haven't had access to funding for so long but now that it's here it's like let me get it while I can right you know instead of looking at what are the long-term ramifications of getting this money I think and my my stance on it I feel I see the total opposite. I see people saying that they are not even going to try because they see so many people doing it the wrong way and getting caught up that that's you know what? Yeah, I'm good on that. However, I feel like we should take advantage of it, especially if you have a legitimate business. Again, legitimate, legitimate business. (laughs) Yes, legitimate. Well, you know, earlier you said where you can produce the the LLC, the S Corp, the nonprofit organization with the the budgets and the um the minutes, right? And what you've been doing for the past two, three, four, five, six, seven years, exactly. If you're able to do that, you have a business bank account. You like, yo, I'm a legitimate business. Then do I it. think you should take full advantage of it. Yes. And I see so many legitimate businesses not wanting to tap in simply because they see others getting caught up. And I'm like, you not them. But again, that goes back to asking the right questions. Right. Right. Like you're scared of stuff that you don't understand. Uh. Like people are scared. People are scared of non-religious people because they don't understand it. How could you not be religious? You know, like they're scared of what they don't understand. So that goes into every aspect of life. So, you know, I'm I'm in agreement with you. If you are legitimate, go for it. We were in we were in a position where we wouldn't qualify because of the time that we were incorporated. And then, you know, just knowing the background of all that you needed to have in place, which we didn't qualify. But you had other people out here 
who is like, look, I've never had access to funding. I need this. This is something that I've been wanting to do. Let me just, you know, do these paperwork real quick and get something out there. And that's where you get in trouble. But again, all goes back to asking those questions. You would be surprised if you call certain people, cold call them, go on LinkedIn, go on LinkedIn and look for like, say you need a business attorney, type in business attorney and just look who's in your network. Hit them up on LinkedIn and say, listen, I'm a startup. I'm really, really in a position where I just need a couple of minutes of your time. Can you ask, answer a couple of questions for me? You wouldn't believe how nice some people can be. You might get a, you know, a bunch of people that ignore you, but that doesn't mean that you stop asking the question. Like You will find somebody who can meet you where you're at at free 99 every so often, but you have to ask. You got to ask. Um, and that was my stance when I... When I learned that I was qualified for it, I actually called the SBA myself and I had a personal conversation with the SBA. And I also had a personal conversation with someone that actually um, received a loan as well. Now, my loan was minimal. It, It wasn't a big loan at all. But it was it still helped so much and it took off so much weight off my shoulders. And and I was like, oh, my gosh, now I fully understand what is working capital. Yes. Now I fully understand why some people are saying a lot of like my friends that are now entrepreneurs. We literally walk around and say, I'd rather have a business loan than a student loan Mm -hmm. because now we have both. But if I would have known that I was an entrepreneur, I would have had more faith in myself and just got that business loan and probably would have skipped out on school. Like it's so many other options and stuff like that. And the fact that I asked, I asked my friend, my business friend, she got multiple businesses and she's very thorough with her business. She dot all all her I's and cross all her T's. She do not play. And I'm like, tell me this. How did you do this? Step by step, I said, sis, I know (laughs) you got other things to do, but I really need you to help me. And she helped me every single step. And it started with you asking a question. Just ask the question. And she congratulated me when I received my loan. She was happy. She was like, Brie, you here? Like, yeah, you get to. And I'm like, I'm just happy that I don't have to worry about rent for the next two, three months. Yeah. And now I can actually be creative. I can go in there and I can paint my space. I can, you know, think about creative ways. And because I'm a creative. Yeah. Like I don't really like money in the business and structure. I, if it was up to me, I would just color all day. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, it's so funny that a lot of entrepreneurs, you're either on one side of the spectrum or the other. You're uh, either super creative or you're super structured. So I'm probably... I'm very, very structured, but I do have that creative side where I can come up with things, but then I know how to leverage people around me who are better at that to help me execute it. Because that's the other thing with entrepreneurship. You can't always be everything. You're not going to be. Like I've I seen so many people, they like built their own website and they do all their graphics and they, and I'm like, listen, I got way too much to do. Who can I, who can I pay or farm this out to? And how, can we barter? Like, can I do like I this for you? And then you do that for me because, you know, I, I don't have it like that yet. Yet, you know, keyword key yet, yet. Yet. It's coming, bro. Right. It's coming. So those are the types of things where we can help each other. Like it could be something so simple where it's an introduction. You know, I think one of the things that you would ask is, who did I use for my tax? attorney or tax lawyer, um, sorry, accountant, tax accountant. 
And I gave you that information. And that's something that's so simple to do. So now you are plugged into somebody else who can help you make sure that your paperwork is where it should be. You know, you've got somebody that said, hey, I've used this person. So now you have more faith in their abilities because a lot of times you just don't know what you're going to get if it's just some random person. So those connections are so important. Mm -hmm. And we have to build up these networks of people that can help us get things done. Right. I, I definitely created my own logo. I created my logo in college. I love that. So I created my own logo while on the phone with my um, my marketing guru. So like we were on the phone. I was like, okay, do this, do that. I want that right there. Put the K-E and then some wings. And I want, I want it to feel like a pyramid with wings. And it, you know, it really encompasses everything that we're trying to do. So she, she mocked that up for me. So I had the creative vision, but actually executing. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I'm so happy that you brought that up as well, because we feel like we can do everything, which some of us do have the ability to do so. But at the same time, ain't nothing wrong with collaborating and bartering. I love bartering. I do that all the time. Absolutely. I mean, when you're getting started, that's how you get ahead. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're looking at your time because the other thing is time is valuable. So I don't. I look at it as sometimes it's worth foregoing the financial cost associated with the task because now I've got the time back to do something I actually care about. Absolutely. Like, I don't want to cut grass. So who can I pay to cut this grass? Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to do that. Like, where they do that at? (laughs) Me outside? My mom used to call me Miss Pris because she's like, you never want to get your hands dirty and you never want to be sweaty. And I'm like, I sure don't. Like, where can I <laughs> where can I get some uh, iced tea and go sit in the shade somewhere? Because I'm not trying to do that. That's how I am right now. <laughs> I, I do not want to do the business side of business anymore. I'm not even like trying anymore. I'm I'm reaching out to other black people that's in that position to do that. Yeah, I just recently had a meeting for email marketing. This girl is a beast when it comes to email marketing. Hey, I need you. Come over here. And my interns, um, that's that's the main incentive of interning at Bremore Productions is bartering. And I targeted creatives because I know you can benefit from this space. You 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 can create a photo shoot or if you have a podcast. Hey, can you be my intern? Get some daily duties out the way and. You can record your podcast up here. I right. have no problem with that. I love it. Yes. So I'm like, mm, I'm at that point where I'm like, I don't want to do everything. I can't. No. And it's it's taxing. It's really taxing. Say. Like I had to really look at what, where was my time best spent? So my time is best spent in the stra- the strategy of the company, how we're moving forward, these types of interactions. Um, versus me doing the the day-to-day design work and um, updates to the website, things like that. So I work with my marketing genius and she can, because that's her area of expertise, it's like second nature. Whereas I'd have to read 50 self-help books and I would have to (laughs) like trial and error. Why does this thumbnail not show up 50 times before I get it to work? That I'm like, that's too much. Yes. Why? Why? I, I actually met a girl from Canada um, and she's an expert on YouTube and I was just paying her $50 a month to like boost our YouTube page. That's what's up. And that's how you do it. <sighs> Listen, take this off my hands. I can create the content, but baby, when it comes to like engaging on YouTube and 
like shares coming like no you can't do that <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me like that's gonna be something i'm gonna have to embark in you know as as culture is growing i can have these conversations i can educate you i can you know give you that spark to make you want to learn more but like drawing you in sometimes is not really what i'm i'm about like what you see is what you get yeah you know my husband always said that he's like we've been together for 20 years and you haven't changed. Like you are exactly the same as you were at 18 as you are today. And I'm like, that's good. Kind of. Hey, he's like, he loves it. He's right. like, you he know, really you gotta... consistent. I know what I'm getting. Right. right. Exactly. I know what I'm waking up to. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it ain't another person. Okay. Yeah. So. And I bet it's so refreshing to, um, to be married to someone that's so solid within themselves, you know? You know, and it's, it's really interesting because, we have both grown so much together in terms of how we look at life, how we decipher information. Like when we watch a movie, we aren't watching a movie. We are decoding a movie. So we're looking at the symbolism. We're looking at, well, what do they really mean by that? And that actually plays out to what we're seeing today in X, Y, and Z. Whereas, you know, most people look at the news for news. I look at movies. That's a whole nother topic. But I look at movies because the science fiction of today is the truth of tomorrow. So all the stuff that looks far fetched in it's like not. the Terminator and, you know, all these different videos and you like, oh, that would never happen. Uh, she, uh, are you sure about that? Have you seen Netflix uh, Black Mirror? Girl, yes. Just think about when we were kids and we used to see the Jetsons. And they were talking about floating cars. Mm -hmm. They were talking about phones where you would see the person on the other side. FaceTime. And everybody was like, no, nah, that's not going to happen. That's far-fetched. And we're living it we today. Live. Yeah. That's the reason why now they are starting to release information about UFOs. Girl, I been knew that was real. <laughs> Y'all got to catch up. I am so excited to tell you guys about It's a Shoe Thing. And It's a Shoe Thing is one of my favorite Black-owned businesses that I follow and support, not only on Facebook, but also on Instagram. So listen to me clearly when I say this, because I want you guys to go follow this business as well. You can find them at shop shoe thing and shop shoe thing is pretty much the ultimate shoe palace with affordable prices and not only have she ventured into shoes but she's also venturing into crochet and if you follow me on instagram facebook my personal page which is at the Bree Moore, i'm taking a social media break but hey the huge yellow beautiful crochet robe that i rocked gracefully is from it's a shoe thing so keep in mind that it's a shoe thing not only provides shoes but also crochet fashionable pieces i need you guys to shop 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 not only follow and support and you can you know you can support in many other ways but i need you guys to shop and really embrace this woman's fashionable ways 
She's very creative. She's really dope. Shout out to Ashlyn Siobhan. She is the owner of It's a Shoe Thing. And you can shop at shopshoething.com. Again, it's shopshoething.com. And what I've noticed on her website is she also have Afterpay available. Yeah, if you in it, if you know anything, if you anything like me, you know anything about Afterpay, you know that's a lick. So go support another black-owned business that's operated by a black woman. It's a shoe thing. Shout out to Ashlyn. Alright? Tell her Bree Moore sent you. Peace. there's truth to it they're not going to put all their energy in it if there isn't truth to it come on that's that's uh, that's what i'm I'm doing right now with the whole trump situation and you know they eliminating his his space of not you know being able to promote on social media talk on social media and i'm like i get it trump is a he's annoying he did it but you taking away his freedom to speak to express himself like it didn't bother me none because i i guess i'm solid in where i'm at and i got my goals set it doesn't matter what and what i i get it like laws and politics it plays a part in how we move to a certain degree but i'm like it doesn't matter who the fuck president who the president is i'm still gonna be on this and i think the other thing too is we have to get back to being critical thinkers. I'm very critical when right? it comes like, to this situation. So many people look at things and they take it for face value. Mm-mm. I have never been like that. Like I, my friends, I remember when I was back in the VI and I would come up with some scenarios and I, I had a friend that I worked with and she would just look at me like, Lish, really, really? You and, and I'm you like, gotta mark, this shit down, mark my words. This is going to happen and this is going to be... They're like, list you nuts. And then I would see remnants of what I was saying. Start, and I didn't even say, mm-hmm, told you. I didn't even say it. I didn't even say it. So I just really look at things differently. And my husband is the same way. So our conversations are bomb. Like the way he formulates kind of where his mind is going and how he deciphers different codes. He was like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I didn't know any of what I know now. But through reading these books and going to the elders and listening to them talk about all the things that we should be paying attention to, you know, getting into herbs. We just look at life differently. And so Kira looks at life differently. That's my my baby. And she, you know, will come to me and she'll ask me some questions. I'm like, oh, well, I, I didn't think about it that way. Okay, you might be on to something. And just allowing, you know, the other thing is, we as adults, a lot of times try to train kids to be a certain way, but they automatically come into this world with an innate intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I think they lose it because we're always pushing an agenda on them. Yes, it's tainted, So yeah. instead of pushing an agenda on her, I kind of give her highlights and allow her to be herself. Like, right. figure, what do you think this means? Let's right. have a conversation. What do you, what do you think that if you do this, the outcome is going to be. Right. If you believe in one thing, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. If you believe you can fly, maybe one day you will. You know, I'm not going to tell you that that's impossible because that's when you start to tamper that creativity and that ability to be creative is when you start telling people, no, that's not the way it works. Physics doesn't necessarily do. How do you know? Right. Like, 
there's a whole section of our brains that we haven't tapped into to know what Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. We don't know. You preaching. We don't know. So, you know, I say all that to say, to your point, like, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride, you know, being married and, you know, kind of going on this journey and just having somebody that's so supportive of my vision. And basically, he's always asking me, how can I help? You know, like, what do you need me to do? Like, you don't ask me to help you enough. What can I do to, to make things easier? And that's not always the case. So that's that's a huge blessing. That is a huge blessing. And the fact that you can be yourself and, you know, just authentically have these type of conversations with someone that I don't think you're weird. <laughs> Listen, that's the key right there. Not thinking that I'm weird. So how how is it for you juggling motherhood and entrepreneurship? It's it's very tough. Um, there's days when I'm literally so tired, I fall asleep sitting up. Like I'll sit in the bed having every intent of having a conversation with my husband, watching, you know, some mindless TV and I'm literally just passing out. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, this is a short term thing for a long term gain. So I'm just going to work through it, you know, deal with what I can. And then, you know, it's really important to be able to delegate. So then having those conversations with yourself, okay, what do I know I don't want to do? I don't want to do this website. So who can I pay to do that? So that takes that off of your plate. Or I don't know enough about, you know, establishing business credit. Go find an expert who can explain it and make it easier so you don't have to read 50 books. So things like that really help to give me my time back. Um, I think one thing as a working mother that we all deal with is having that short temper. You know, sometimes I I'm not the best mom because I'm just stretched too thin. And then it's just one more thing for her to come ask me like, hey, can I do blah, blah, blah? Can I have friends? Do you know I'm tired? I don't feel like dealing with any more little people right now. Just let me be, you know, like realizing they're still kids and they want to have fun. And how do you how do you balance that? So I don't think there's any clear cut answer on how to do that, because even outside of your immediate family, you also have other friends that are looking to you. You know, they value your opinion on certain things or they might be going some through something and you want to support them the best way that you can. So it's constantly a juggling act, but also getting to the point where you're OK with saying no. Like I have no problem with telling somebody, no, I'm not going to be there. Like I'm I, I really have nothing else to give at this point, you know, and really evaluating where is my time best spent and really putting my efforts there. Yeah. And that's um, what is that? Uh, self self-preservation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's one thing that you're always going to deal with. It's never going to be a one size fixes all because as your children get older, their needs change. Yes. You know, when she was really really small, there would be days when I'd just be like, throw the whole baby in the kitchen sink away, like I'm <laughs> I'm done. Like and people don't prepare you for motherhood. Like all the Hell stories no. that they tell you Oh, it's a blessing. It's so beautiful. Meanwhile, my child didn't sleep a whole night until she was six years old. (gasps) So when I tell you I was in a state of perpetual exhaustion for six years, that did a number on my attitude. So, you know, me and my husband would go back and forth and 
he'd be like, I'm so tired. I'm like, not as tired as me. And, (laughs) you know, so it was really, really tough. But those are the things that no stories or solutions can possibly prepare you for. You just have to to live through it. You have to live through the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And every kid is different. Like I get so jealous when I hear people like, oh, my pregnancy was super easy and my child slept all night after three months. And I just give them the evil eye like it took six years. (laughs) 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 And that was only after. So like my husband, he's the big softy. And he would let her come and lay in the bed with us. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like, she's not going to be in my bed at 13 years old trying to get. No, absolutely not. And so um, one night I was like, okay, I'm done. This is it. So I marched her back into her room and we were standing there and I'm like, no, you cannot have your dad. He's not coming to you. He's not helping you. This is mom. This is it. You're sleeping in your own room. And she's like crying and she's like, why does it have to be this way? (laughs) (laughs) And like part of me wants to laugh. And then the other part of me wants to cry because I'm like exhausted. And I'm like, just go to sleep. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. But every kid is just, they're so unique. And they come in the world with different personalities and likes and like habits there's certain things that certain kids will do and you're like, oh, I just wish you would stop doing that. Or, you know, you think certain things are super cute. And so then you dote on that. And then, you know, just making sure that me and her dad are on the same accord when it comes to the big stuff mm-hmm. has always been like the core of what we really focus on. Yes. And that's important. And I always ask mothers that because there might be another mother that's listening. Mm-hmm. And going through it right now Like your baby is like Eight my baby is six But someone is listening with a three month old Like sis it's gonna get easier Well yeah and, Hopefully Well and that's the <laughs> thing Like I had a friend And she was like you know I When she didn't have kids She was like Alicia I didn't realize How hard it was Like in postpartum is real Oh yeah for sure And she was like When you used to tell me How much you were struggling And you weren't happy And It was just really, really hard. And I used to be like, it can't be that bad. But when she had her daughter, she's like, listen, some days I just want to drop her off somewhere and be gone. For a couple of days, not hours. Listen, don't even miss them. Like if I drop them off, don't come back to miss your kids. (laughs) I was literally watching a a YouTube um, channel and it was strictly entrepreneurs talking about parenthood and entrepreneurship. And this guy was like, I am to the point where I'm no longer guilty for not missing my children. No, you can't be. He was like, I know that's fucked up to say. He said just that. I know it's fucked up to say, but sometimes I don't miss my kids because I do so much with them. And I put so much energy and time into my kids when they are around me. I need a breather. Yes. And that breather helps me become a better parent. Yes. I get to self-love on myself, take care of myself, you know, analyze, like really come back, you know. So I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody finally said it. And that's the thing. Like, (laughs) we don't articulate that. Mm -hmm. Like, most people are very, oh, it's a beautiful experience (sighs) and I love... No, you don't. Not every day. Not every day. Mm -mm. There's some days when you wish you could send them back. (laughs) (laughs) Like... What was I thinking? Yes. So, you know, I, and we have to we have to be able to be honest about that. And 
I think we're finally getting to that place where women can say, look, this is not easy. This isn't the 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 most glamorous or sexiest thing I could possibly think of. And that's all right. And other women are dealing with it, too. And we mm-hmm. all have our stories. And that's one of the things that I decided to promote on my page is showing that aspect of me being a mother on social media. Like I don't show all the like cries and all the upsets and stuff like that. But I do. You know, present a Johnny, y'all. This is what I'm, I'm dealing with—a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's here. He's vibrant. This is him. So just imagine what I deal with on a 24-hour basis. Like, y'all, this is happening, and a lot of people are like more graceful with me. Oh, I know a Johnny is around, but can you give me at least five minutes of your time? Sure, sis. Yeah. Thank you for being considerate. You right. know, right? So. And it's good that you're putting that out there. And the other thing, I feel like these kids are going to be so much more resilient because they're growing up around this. Mm-hmm. So now they're able to adapt. Like there's nothing worse than a crybaby who, when the world doesn't go their way, they just, they don't know what to do. Yes. You know, we're teaching our kids how to be adaptable. So I, mom's got this meeting. So you need to go entertain yourself for these next two hours. And I can't hear a peep. Like this is important. You need to understand this is an important meeting. Go entertain yourself you want something to eat ask now if I not forever hold your peace like you're having to have those conversations and train them so that they're used to you know this lifestyle yep Mm self-soothing absolutely rock yourself to sleep little baby right I gotta get this money (laughs) listen listen and the other thing that I discovered which has been a really great help is audiobooks Mm. So they're great for me when I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear mom anymore. I don't want to hear I need. I put in them headphones and I escape in some random story. And my daughter, she really likes audiobooks too. So I'll play them at night when she's going to sleep. So sometimes we we have a, a tradition where I usually read her books at night. So right now we're reading, so we read we read Kingdom of Souls. Like I I can't read regular books to this child, right? I have to read novels. So we we read Kingdom of Souls and now we're reading book two, which is Reaper of Souls. So it's all about, you know, magic and the witch doctors and tr- the Mulani tribes and all this other stuff. And she loves it. So I read that story to her, but sometimes I'm exhausted. I have nothing left. So I can put in an audiobook and let her listen to that on Alexa. Yeah, that's a solution. Tap in. Yeah. Tap in. So we are about to wrap up this conversation. First of all, thank you so much for coming up here. Absolutely. It's been I a really pleasure. appreciate it. Thank you for following up. Thank you for being on time and bringing your beautiful baby. It was nice meeting her. And I think we vibe. Like we could talk all day. Listen, this we definitely should get together. You've again. been here since one. It's three o'clock. Stop playing. I swear. It's been two oh hours already. Mm-hmm. It's been two hours. Oh my God. And we keep telling the kids 15 more minutes, 15 more minutes. <laughs> we lied. Yes. So thank you so much. Tell the people how they can follow you on social media. Yeah. Please, please, please follow us at, um, we have a Facebook page. It's Culture Elevation Incorporated, and that's culture with a K. We're also on Instagram and we also have LinkedIn. You'll find us at Culture Elevation Incorporated on LinkedIn. And obviously check out the website. We've got, you know, new designs that are dropping monthly. So www.culturekultureelevation.com. 
And guys, please, 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 again, smile black on business. Ding, 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 ding. Make sure you go tap in, please. And of course, we'll be promoting them on the Bremore Productions uh, platforms as well. Thank you guys so, so much for listening to the Bremore Productions, the safe place for the Black Opinion podcast. You too can follow us on social media, Bremore Productions. Please make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel ASAP. Please, you can do it right now while you're listening. Just go to the YouTube um, app and find Bremore Productions and just click subscribe, please. Again, thank you guys so much for your listening ears. Until next time, stay dangerous. Peace.